Ruth, God's kindness. Um, I think there's, there's a part of us that maybe hears God's great kindness and thinks, I don't really know that. I'm not really aware of, of God's kindness and that doesn't feel real to me. It's all well and good saying that, um, but I don't see it. Um, and I just wanted to start with the question of, do you see God's kindness in your life? Can you think of a time that that has happened? Are you aware of that? Is that a reality for you? Or is that something that actually makes you think, I don't really know why you're saying that. <laughs> and that's really hard. Um, so I want to just give you a minute right now to just think through, is there a time that you can think of where you've had God's kindness in your life, where you can think of when God was kind? All right, maybe some of you have thought of something. Maybe some of you have been like, nope, got nothing. Um, I was fine. What, what I think is Ruth is such a good book to show us God's, God's kindness. Um, Ruth is always a book that's spoken to me a lot in my life. Part of me felt that was because it's my middle name. And I was like, that's good, isn't it? I like that. Part of me thought it's a really short book. I can read that in... <laughs> I can read that in about 10 minutes. That's really easy. Thank you very much. I'll take that. But actually, as I have been preparing to speak today, and actually as I have gone through life, it's so much deeper than those two superficial things. It's that Ruth reveals so much of God through barely even talking about God. <laughs> and Ruth reveals so much of where our hope can be. And we see God's kindness spoken about in Ruth chapter 2, verse 20, where Naomi is having a revelation. And she says that he, talking about God, has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. And this point comes when Ruth has just returned from gleaning in the fields. She's come back with so much more food than they ever imagined she was going to get in that day. And that's shown a kindness of God to Naomi that she thought wasn't there anymore. <laughs> and she's thinking to herself, oh, we're going to be provided for here. Maybe things will be okay. And then it goes one step further than that because the field that she's found the food in was the field of Boaz. And Boaz, we've been told earlier, is related to them. He is going to be able to do what's called redeeming them. And he will go on to restore their family name. And that's why we see the living and the dead. The living is Ruth and Naomi, in that Ruth has come back with food more than they ever could have thought. And the dead is that she got that food from Boaz, who is then going to be able to marry Ruth and restore Naomi's dead son's names, the people that she had lost, the pain that she had felt. And this speaks of God's kindness. She identifies that as God's kindness. And she said that that kindness has never stopped. I think the kindness of God is something we don't talk about very often. Um, when I was preparing for today, I was trying to think of a response song. I tried to get Dara to think of a response song. There are very few worship songs about God being kind. <laughs> because I think it's something we don't think about that much. It's something we don't um, talk about very much and a part of that I think is because we don't understand what the word kind actually means we see kind as something maybe a bit frivolous 
maybe a bit short term. It's a nice thing that happens sometimes. It's, oh, that person did something quite small, but it was kind. And we move on. And actually, this word here in Ruth, that he not, does not show, he has not stopped showing his kindness. It's the word, the Hebrew word hesed is what is written there with the kindness. And actually, hesed shows us that God being kind is so much more than him just doing some nice things sometimes. Hesed means an unconditional, steadfast love. Hesed is seen in the Old Testament about 250 times because it's about the covenant relationship between God and his people. It's about the promise that God has given to his people that he will never leave. So when we're talking about this kindness of God and God being kind, it's not something small. It's not something insignificant. It's not something that's fleeting. It's something that is steadfast. That's why Naomi says he's never stopped showing it. It's always there. And it's always there because it's not a trait. It's who God is. It's one of his key characteristics. And we can see that because it's what God says about himself. He uses the word hesed in Exodus 34, verses 6 to 7, when he's revealing himself to Moses. He says, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness. He speaks. He's showing himself. He's not known very much when we get to Moses. People don't know much about God and what he chooses to reveal of himself is that he is abounding in love. He uses this word hesed. He shows us he is kind. He is slow to anger and he forgives the wickedness. So this is something we cannot overlook. It is something we cannot ignore because God says of it of himself and shows us how important it is that it's what he chooses to reveal of himself right from the beginning. And as I say, it's over and over again in the Bible that we see that come. In Psalm 51 verse 1, David says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Again, it's that steadfast love, that kindness that will never end. It's just a biblical truth that God is kind. Like I said, you might have heard that word this morning and thought, I can't relate to that. But the fact is, whether you feel it or not, it's a biblical truth. God is kind. He always will be. He always has been. It is who he is. But what does that kindness look like? Um, we see in the story of Ruth, as the, uh, the, the video said, will she be accepted when she is an enemy? And we see through the story of Ruth that, yes, she is. And that's the ultimate kindness of God that we can experience is being brought into his kingdom, being brought in to his people. Ruth says to Naomi in chapter 1, verses 16, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Ruth has seen something of God Even though they've been in Moab, (laughs) 
They've all died. <laughs> Somehow she's seen something of God that she declares, your God will be my God. I will turn away from everything that I've known and your God will be my God because she's experienced something of God. And despite her being from Moab, which Luke told us last week is the enemy, (laughs) she is accepted into God's people. We see in verse 12 of chapter 2, Boaz has met Ruth. Boaz has understood who Ruth is. And he's seen her working and he says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And the fact that Ruth is declared over that she will take refuge in the wings of God shows us she has been accepted into the people of God. Because this is an imagery we see throughout the Bible of God's wings, of him covering people in himself, protecting them and taking them in. We see that Ruth has been accepted. She is being provided for by God. She is being protected by God. She is welcomed in to God's kingdom. And we see that even more at the end of the story when we find out that she is in the line of David. (laughs) That the child she gives birth to becomes part of God's master plan (laughs) to bring himself back to the people. That's not being accepted. I don't know what is. But that is such kindness of God that it was not about who she was. It was not about where she came from. It was not about the fact that she was from the people who had fought against his people. It was about the fact that she believed in him and she had declared, your God will be my God. And that was enough because that is God's kindness, that that is enough. That meant she was welcomed, she was accepted, and she was brought into the kingdom of God. And ultimately, That is the kindness of God that we experience also, that we have just remembered as we have taken communion this morning. It's remembering that we are brought in to the kingdom of God. We were separated. We were far away. We were in sin. And Jesus took that on himself. He died and he rose again that he might take our punishment and that he might make a way for us to be with the Father as he is with the Father. That is such kindness. And that kindness is spoken about in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, where it says, Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? God's kindness in sending Jesus in dying for us and in bringing us to him is meant to lead us to repentance. Just as Ruth walked away from all that she knew and chose to follow God, we also choose to follow God. We understand God's kindness and we leave our life behind and for a better life. We read about it in Titus 3, 4 to 7 that says, but when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. 
The song we sang earlier said, why should I gain from this reward? I cannot give an answer. And the answer is we really shouldn't. <laughs> That's why we can't give an answer. There is absolutely no reason for us to gain from that reward other than the fact that God is kind. <laughs> with that steadfast kindness, with that kindness we cannot experience anywhere else, that kindness that brings us life, that we get the riches, we become heirs, we get eternal life. And that is a kindness we can experience. If we know the Lord and we're already in his family, we've chosen to follow him, we have that kindness, and let's remember it as we did today with communion. And if you don't yet know the Lord and you haven't received this kindness, well, today is a chance that you can by turning away from what you know and choosing to believe and choosing to follow the Lord. And we'll give you an opportunity to do that at the end. But what we also see in the story of Ruth is that God's kindness comes in that salvation and in that acceptance of him, but it also then comes in our day-to-day -day life in what the Lord gives us. And... Ruth reflects on that kindness from God. She knows she has received it, and then she shows it to others. And that's what we saw in 2.20 when I said that she has shown Naomi that God's kindness is still there. She committed to Naomi when it would have been much easier for her to go home <laughs> and be with the people that she knew who could provide for her. She didn't. She showed kindness, and she stuck by Naomi. And then she showed a real act of kindness when she said in verse 2 of chapter 2, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I find favour. Naomi could have gone and got her own food, but Ruth shows kindness and goes and gets it for her. And it's so much deeper than just the fact that she goes to do it. It's hard work going to get the leftover grain. We hear from the overseer in verse 7, she came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. She's committed to a long day of hard work in a hot climate so that she can get food for Naomi. It's also risky. It was dangerous. It was within the law that people could get leftover grain because that was God's kindness again. He had that written in his law from the beginning that he would care for people who might not have enough, that they would be able to go to fields. But we have to remember, Luke told us last week, this is in the time of the judges, where anyone is doing as they see fit. And people are not respecting that law. And if you've read Judges, you'll have seen women throughout Judges getting hurt and being treated very, very badly. So for Ruth to take this risk, to go to a field, to potentially be harmed and abused by someone shows unbelievable kindness to Naomi. But there's a key word in there where she says she will go, where she says, in whose eyes I will find favour. She believes she will find favour because she has seen God. And so she's able to take that step and to show kindness, knowing that God will be with her in it. Ruth also experiences kindness herself as well as showing it to Naomi because she experiences then the kindness of Boaz, which we're going to look at in another sermon. But it's, I need to mention it here. He gives her more food than she could have ever expected. He does treat her kindly in a time where people weren't following the law. And he shows her kindness. And the reason I want to say that is because 
God's kindness is shown to us in our salvation and that is miraculous. But God's kindness can also come to us in really small and practical things, in the provision of food, in other people and what they do to us, in how they act to us. And Naomi sees that in Ruth and Ruth sees that in Boaz. And I have seen that in my own life. Ruth, as I said, speaks to me in so many ways, partly because it's part of of my story. There has been a lot of pain in my life. There have been very difficult times. And one of those times I had um, had surgery on my vocal cords. I had had to give up the job I wanted to do in teaching that I'd always thought I was going to do from about the age of seven. I'd been told I wasn't physically able to do that anymore. I'd had surgery. I'd got really sick from my surgery. I'd had a three-month chest infection. I couldn't walk. I'd just graduated from university to not have a job, to move in with my parents, to barely be able to move. And I thought to myself, this isn't how this was meant to be. I don't know what has happened. (laughs) This was not my plan. And I was in pain, physical pain and emotional pain. And it went so much deeper than just the practicalities of my life. It affected my relationship with God because I couldn't sing and worship in the way that I'd been able to, and I couldn't understand what was happening. And in that moment, I met a stranger, a stranger who in the end became my husband. Um, but at the time, he, he was a stranger. And God used him to show me his kindness, because in 30 minutes of a conversation where he was a total stranger, through just me saying a little bit of what had happened in my life, he was able to say in one sentence exactly how I had felt, that friends who had known me for years had not been able to understand why I was struggling so much with this issue with my voice, and yet he was able to sit there and go, Oh, that's just taken everything from you, hasn't it? And that's, that's just interrupted how you speak to God. And that's just stopped you from being able to do that. And in that moment, it didn't matter who it was that said that. As I say, it was a significant person in the end. <laughs> but actually, what it more did was it showed me God understood <laughs> He used that stranger that I should never have even met. I wasn't meant to go to that conference. If I hadn't had the surgery, I wouldn't have been there. I'd have been starting my new job. But he used that person to show me he was there, that he got it, that he knew the toil, and that he was going to be with me. And it didn't matter what was going to happen. He was there, and that was God's kindness. I don't believe in coincidences. I think they're God incidences. (laughs) Ruth, it says in the Bible, happened to go to the field that was Boaz's field. That's a literary function to show us that God was working. Even though God didn't directly do something, it was the sovereignty of God. It was God working out. And there are so many moments in our life where we can think to ourselves, well, that just happened to happen. (laughs) It didn't. It was God, and it was God showing you his kindness. God works through people. God works through practical things. Don't ignore that. Be alert to that. Hear it and see it. Uh, There's a story of a man. A flood is coming, and the man is standing outside of his house, and a Range Rover drives through the beginnings of the water and says, 
oh, come on, get in the car, it's about to flood. We need to go. And the man says, no, it's all right. The Lord's going to provide. I'm fine. See you later. And off the Range Rover goes. The rain comes up a bit more. He has to go to the first floor of his house. Someone canoes past on the water. Says, get in the boat. We need to go. We're going to flood. And he says, no, it's fine. The Lord will provide. The water comes again. He's on the roof of his house now. And a helicopter comes and says, get in the helicopter. We need to go. You're going to be flooded. And he says, no, it's all right. The Lord will provide. The man gets overtaken by the flood. And he goes up, dies and goes to heaven. And he says to the Lord, why didn't you provide? You said you'd provide. The Lord says, I sent you a Range Rover. I sent you a canoe. And I sent you a helicopter. What more did you want from me? And it's hilarious and it seems ridiculous, but actually I think it's something we can all be quite guilty of, (laughs) is ignoring that sometimes the practical things are provisions of God. Sometimes what seems like a sensible thing, oh, I'll go do that, is God. It's God working through. Sometimes a kind person coming along that we can be like, oh, wasn't it nice that person made my day? That was God. He knew you needed that moment And it's all about whether we recognise it. Do we pay attention and do we recognise? I hope that we do. If we don't, let's try to more. Because once we've recognised God's kindness, that's when we can be like Ruth again and we can reflect that kindness to other people. We can be God's carriers of that kindness so that others might see it, that they can turn to him. Galatians 5.22 speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. That is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, and then loads more. But I've stopped at kindness because that's the point I'm trying to make. (laughs) But the fact is, we're told we're being made to be more like Jesus. We're told we're being made to be more like God. We need to believe that God is kind, understand that God is kind, recognise that God is kind, and then be made more like God to be kind to others, that they can experience God's kindness. And here in this verse, we see another aspect of God's kindness, which is that he doesn't expect us to do it on our own. It says the fruit of the Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is what is sanctifying us to be more like God. He doesn't expect us to do that in our own strength. He gives us the Holy Spirit to help us do it. And you might remember we looked at justification versus sanctification in the Holy Spirit series. Um, And there's an aspect of it. We are being sanctified through the Spirit to be kind. And it's so important that we do that. For in John 15, 12, Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. It's what Jesus tells us to do. He says he loves us. That's that hesed. God is kind. And as we receive that, we then pour that out to others. Um, You might have seen this clock on on the stage. You might not have. It's all right if you didn't. This clock sits in our living room. And it makes a noise every time it turns over. When it gets to the hour, it makes an even louder noise. And there is no one that comes into our house that doesn't notice that clock. (laughs) And it then becomes a conversation. What is that sound? You can see people looking around like, what was that? And then they go, oh, it was the clock. And then we have a little chat about the clock and about what the clock does. And then everyone kind of gets used to it, so we don't mention it again. Then it hits the hour and it does a double flip and it's even louder. And everyone goes, whoa. 
Oh, it did it again. It's just the clock. All oh, right, yeah. And then it becomes quiet again and it's sort of ignored. I think that can be like the kindness of God. As I said, there's a big influx of God's kindness when we receive salvation. We recognize it. We know it. We can remember that. Then we kind of go on in our day-to-day life and maybe take that for granted or don't see it where it comes because it's not been this big flash moment. Then we maybe never have another big flash moment like when the hour comes and it double flips and that makes us go, oh, yeah, that was really good. I really liked that. And then we can go back to being used to it again. (laughs) And I think the Lord just wants to say, recognize what I'm doing in everything that I do it in. Even the smallest of things and my love for you and my kindness for you is my showing myself to you. Recognize it. Don't take it for granted. But also even at a time where you maybe can't see it, where you maybe are toiling like Ruth and Naomi were or like I was with my voice, you can trust that it's still there. That clock keeps ticking. Whether I see it or not, when I'm out at work, it's still going. God's kindness is is always there and we can ask the Lord to reveal it to us. But also, like I say, no one comes into our house without noticing that clock. And that is how we should be. No one should come into our life without noticing that God is there (laughs) and without us reflecting his kindness and his love. Um, And that is our call as Christians, that we should be distinct and we should be God's people. It reminded me of Peter when he comes across a lame beggar where he says, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In Acts 3.6. He can only give it because he knows what he does have. We need to know what we have in God and in the Lord, and then we need to give it. So, I think there's three ways we can respond to this. Some of us don't have the kindness of God in our life. We haven't become a Christian. And like I say, this is a time that we can ask for that to come. Uh, If you want to do that, please come to us and let us know and we can guide you through a prayer to ask Jesus into your life. Some of us are thinking, how can I see this kindness, Karis? How can I be alert to that? How can I recognize it? It seems so far away. Oh, we're thinking, I have been ignoring that. (laughs) I haven't been giving that the place in my life. Um, So how can we pray? We pray for the Lord to show us how we can experience that, how we can recognise that. And we pray repentance of the times we've ignored it. Lastly, what does that Christian kindness look like? And who can we be kind to? What is the Lord asking us to do. There are so many ways that we can show kindness. I am not going to go through them because actually that's a conversation for you to have with God. It is the Holy Spirit who will help you do that, not me. <laughs> um, so is there a response of just praying to the Lord, who do you want me to be kind to? Who is it in my life that you're asking me to show you to? And what are the ways you want me to do it? we do just thank you for your great great loving kindness it's so good to us so kind to us help us to keep seeing it help us to keep recognizing it just to see your fingerprints everywhere in our lives every goodness comes from you and god would you give us grace to be kind to those around us to share this love lord is it flows into us would it flow out of us as well 
help us to do these things, Lord. Amen.